Awesome, a crushing a might, uh, of the U.S. Robinson show stumper. Welcome to my friends to a show that seemingly never sort of kind of ever ends. This is, where are we? What the hell is this? This is version number a one, a three, a three. I'm your host, Eugene S. Robinson. Now she's awake, deep now. And we have an interesting turn of events. But first, his motto will sing us in as they have since 2007. It's Bob Riley singing for Upstate New York. His motto. The record is called Calling of the Just. The song is called Intro All of Nothing. It's still available from Revelation Records. If you go to Google and type in Revelation Records, it comes up. Revelation Records in Huntington Beach, California, where they uh, hit your car with a hammer and shoot your death in a nightclub. Go and buy it. And there are more than one record that Sigma has put out. But uh, Calling of the Justice is the only one not put out by a neo-Nazi. That's what's important. So buy it. I'm on my way back to but I'm taking a real good look at you. I'm taking a real good look at your face. Being paid back and for always nothing. All right, my friends. Uh, yeah, how am I gonna? How are you gonna let that drop, Eugene? How do you just say? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Genghis is on. <laughs> He's just a boxer without the BJJ black belt. <laughs> yeah, man, we'll get to that. We'll get to that in a bit. Um, but no, I, I've told you this story before about how the guy wanted to license in Germany some stigmata music from me, and uh, <laughs> and then he and I figured he was like the number one importer producer of neo-Nazi white power skinhead music in Germany. And of course, I found it supremely amusing that he was doing business with me. And at some point, somebody kind of told him, hey, uh, you know, uh, Eugene's like a black guy. This is before the internets, right? So we were writing letters back and forth. There's no indication that, you know, <laughs> it's like, yeah, there are two people at this party. One can leave, but it won't be me. You know, I'll sell you your revolution. And so when he figured out I was a Negro, he declined to do business with me 
and then put out their uh, put out their second or third record, which I think are somewhere out there. But the best one, Stigmata's best record, Calling of the Just, and that and then I put out a seven inch of theirs as well. Best stuff ever. So go go and go and buy it. Uh, yeah. So yeah, we got to get cracking because there is a lot of stuff to go through. And let's see, commercials. Pinko nine five zero one four at yahoo.com if you want to paypal if you want to paypal me you go paypal paypal me uh slash uh uh this uh, uh slash showstopper if you want to uh cash app me <laughs> this shit's getting really confusing man uh if you want to cash at me it is uh okay hold on Dollar sign Planet Oxbow. Yeah, ah, we're just doing the commercials. Dollar sign uh, uh, Planet Ox Oxbow. And if you wanted to uh, uh, Venmo me, <laughs> or you can just go to showstomper.com/stomperville or the Stomper. I can never remember which. And then Venmo. Where's Where's the Venmo? Uh, Venmo is, is probably something, you know, I don't think, I start to think that the rest of the world can't see. Oh, this is the one where I told you, uh, I can't, I can't show you, uh, Mr. Marcus's because of course he uses his real name to send me money for my dance lesson. But, uh, oh, uh, here you go. I think I can show you this. Uh, yeah, I can show you this. Can you, oh, can you read that? That? Yeah, that's the Venmo. Uh, at sign Eugene dash Robinson dash 28. So uh, I do. I take Krugerrands as well. Uh, uh, but I prefer silver because it's. Uh, uh, but anyway, let's get to the show. This is 133. So um, for the, the thing that's been on my mind mostly, you're like, Eugene, Eugene. No, I can't. I can't quite yet. Um, what I said, what I said is. That I would tell you about the um, I would tell you about the October surprise if it came to fruition in October. Otherwise, I'll tell you after the election. Um, yeah, yeah, silver, silver is for reasons I wrote about in the piece that I tweeted out on uh, interviewed my prepper prepper dude who just sent me this. So uh, somebody called Snake Oil. I don't think so. He said that Jim Wesley Rawls went out to his undisclosed mountain redoubt a couple years ago, um, former Army intelligence officer and world-known expert on survivalist topics and friend of mine. Um, so anyway, but let's let's get to this thing. I want to get to you like P. Diddy. What the, what do you give a shit about P. Diddy? Well, P. Diddy and I have had odd interactions over the years, right? And not near interactions. And I'll give you a few. One. His involvement with uh, Vibe magazine. At a certain point, Vibe was looking for an editor in chief. Keith Kinkscales was there, thinking about me. I decided to do Code magazine instead. Then another time, um, uh, yeah, that is a guy I interviewed for uh, Jim Rawls for uh, Aussie Confidence. And then another time, I uh, uh, he was looking to start an imprint. Um, yeah, yeah, but, but but gold can be recovered and recycled and stuff. Silver rarely is. And what are you gonna take? You're gonna take a Krugerrand? And what are you gonna try to barter somebody? All right, here I, I'll give you a Krugerrand. Why don't you give me a loaf of bread? 
Yeah, but I can't give you change on that. With silver, you know, it's, it's smaller units. Anyway, we're getting we're get, we're get multiple tracks. You're going to have to track this all. So then he was starting a, a, an urban imprint, and he wants somebody to ghostwrite stuff. You know, in, in essence, just like uh, James Patterson, you know, or, or Rodan, these guys have a factory set up. They want to turn out fiction for that market, and they needed a ghostwriter. And I agreed. Yeah, and, and I agreed. And then they were like, well, um, the amount of money that they were paying was like it was like $1,000 a month. But for one month, I had to finish the book in a month. It's like, I'm not going to give you a whole book with I don't have any name on it. I don't have any say in the final edit. I only get $1,000 and you provide the topic? The fuck out of here. You're out of your mind. So so the, so we've had, and, you know, my sister, uh, my not my sister, my sister's a singer, but my cousin as well used to sing backup for Barry White, for the Cranberries, used to work with Al B. Shore. So there's all this R&B kind of, you know, black, uh, artsy type thing happening. So this story hits. This woman is a lawyer, and she says, and, and um, I can't even remember where I read it. It's somewhere on the web. If I was interested enough, I could look. She says, well, Puff called me into his office to ha have a meeting. I wasn't, a, I wasn't sure. This is me speaking. I wasn't sure if she showed up early at the meeting or he had intended her to, to, be, to participate in what was happening when she got to his office, right? What happened? So she gets to his office, and the door is open. And um, he is getting his cock sucked by Christopher Williams, the actor. Purportedly, um, purportedly, he uh, had promised uh, Christopher Williams was acting, promised him a demo tape. And, you know, Christopher Williams has had at this point now uh, had a functioning musical career. Right. And so she said, um, of course, he told me to come back. I, as a lawyer, I advised him that maybe it was better to keep, he goes, it's my building. I own the building. What's the fuck what you think? And then he got, he got nervous about, he said, if you're, you plan to tell the world about this, because if you do, I'll crush you. I'm, I'm a, a near billionaire. I'll crush you. And she was like, no, can we get to business? But then something stuck in her craw. Years have passed now. And this is, was like, I don't know, the nineties years have passed now. And she was like, yeah, maybe the environment, me too. Maybe the environment is, is, is right for this. Especially, she, she said, because, because of, of the, the, how he explained what he was doing. And he was, saying, he was saying that fundamentally, I told him that I would do a demo tape for him, that I would put it out if he sucked my dick. It, this was a raw power move on, on my part. So that, whether that was her understanding of what he had done or whether he told her that's why he was doing what he was doing, or a little bit of both, that's a scenario, right? So he calls her there, or she happens to show up early. He does it with the door open. He want, he, he thinks this is somehow like some gangster shit. You want a record? I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what you do. You suck my cock, and, and you, you can you – can, and now the way she's – there are multi, multiple ways of understanding how it is that she is actually revealing this now. She is either revealing this now because of uh, Me Too, Harvey Weinstein, or she's doing she's uh, kind of a public shaming, which she kind of ties into where he's like, you don't tell anybody about this or blah, 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 blah. Something bad is going to happen to you. And, and and I start to think I start to think I'm calling I'm calling bullshit on everybody here. 
everybody in this entire story, right? Everybody, because I mean, it's like Pascal's wager. If you believe it, the story as it was told, I got to call, like in other words, this is not homosexuality. This is business. This is not um, man love. This is the raw exercise of the prerogative of power. I own this building. If I want to get my dick sucked by a guy who wants to suck dick to get ahead in his music career, I will do that. <laughs> right? And, and, and her revealing it now is supposed to presage a predictable two-step where people are like, oh, no, Puff, Puff is, Puff what? And, and, and so, and my, my, like I was, like I said, I would have called bullshit on everybody. Like that Puff needs this kind of overly philosophical justification for why he's deciding to have the very handsome Christopher Williams suck his pee-pee. Well, it's, it's because it's because of, 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 of power. Well, really. And Christopher Williams, for his part, he's been completely silent. And these are all adult men now. They're in their 50s, right? What do you got to hide? Christopher Williams is like, well, you know, I really need the demo tape. And if it was, you know, all I got to do is suck his cock a little bit. And then, first of all, first of all, let's get this thing out of the heads where, you know, this sucking cock is shameful. Some of my best friends suck cock. In fact, when I've been having my cock sucked, I've been pretty happy about it, with the exception of one time. <laughs> That, that was a punitive issue <laughs> where the, the woman decided that she was going to make it hurt as much as humanly possible. And I was like, ah, ah you're not going to get me at this one. I'm not tapping out. And it was like, you know, pain, orgasm, pain, orgasm, pain, orgasm, orgasm, I got to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it wasn't so much that he was, but I mean, she was a lawyer and, and under, uh, understood that there were there were they, there was exposure, especially when somebody's threatening you. Well, like he was, and then I, I'm like, you know, this is this is this is, um, you know, I don't I don't, I don't know I don't know about the Suge Knight. I know I know somebody who knocked Suge Knight out back in high school. Some guy from uh, 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 Carson, Southern California, a town called Carson. He wasn't that tough. I knocked him out, and then of course we saw the videos later. Where similar things happening to him, you know, sugar's tough on these guys, you know, <laughs> like the guy in Pulp Fiction said, you know, five pipe wielding Negroes from <laughs> Compton with him, yeah, then it's scary. But anyway, but anyway, so so let's get back to the, the so I I, I, I this is the the whole thing to me is a big nothing burger that that men in power want to. Abuse that power, or think they're abusing that power. That that I mean, you know, I had a, a friend who was a prostitute all during college, four years, and she sat down and figured out that she had sex with over five thousand men. What did it mean? Nothing. Nothing. And she even got in this weird philosophical cul-de-sac. She goes, you know, they all use condoms. So technically they weren't inside of me. They were inside the condom. And all the other prostitute women looked at her like, you're out of your mind. <laughs> right? What? 
But tell yourself what you need to to get through the day. <laughs> That's right. Mr. P is here. We're shut down the studio. Yeah, it wasn't breast milk that he was asking for, like at the Chappelle skit. He was asking for something else. But the thing is, if that's a, I'm defending everybody here, right? There's a difference between Harvey Keitel, uh, Harvey Keitel. Sorry, Harvey. Uh, Harvey Weinstein showing up at your at your hotel room at three in the morning, you know, kicking in your door, holding you down the bed, and raping you, and you doing a Robert Redford and saying, uh, you know what? Tell you what? Uh, oh, yeah, taxi driver for the first time. People think that part of New York is crazy. They, 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 that's a fantasy land. It's like escape from New York. It's like that. No, a taxi driver was real, right? Yeah, I mean, the, the, the locales. Two, uh, two blocks from my high school where she first jumps in the cab. And so anyway, so, you know, P. Diddy is like, you want the record? What are you willing to do? And Christopher Williams, for his part, do you think that that was the first penis? You think he was like Irene Cara in uh, in Fame? You think that was the first penis he sucked? Do you think that sucking penis ruined his life? Do you actually think, given the career he had post sucking the penis, do you think that was a bad move? I'm not asking you to project. See, people get confused when they project. Yeah, yeah. Russell Simmons is a piece of shit. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and then I remember I had a job when I was in high school. I was a, 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 a cashier at a dentist's, fast and natural, a fast health food store. And they put us in these French cut T-shirts and they, you know, worked the cash register. And I sold people organic hot dogs and, and blueberry muffins and a whole crock of shit. You've heard me talk about it before. You know, 16-year-old bodybuilder. I'm there with this. They want to give me a shirt that fit. I understood what they were selling. And when business was slow, what would I do? They would say, go out to the street and hand out flyers for the red line. So, and then I was also pushed to deliver food. And this is my, I'm old. I've been working since I was 14. I want the money. And whether I was in the street or in the, in, at the cash register, you would be, you would be surprised at, at the number of filthy, disgusting things that came my way. 16 years old, right? So this cat shows up. And at this point, you got to understand, I'm using names because I don't give a fuck. What are you going to do? Sue me? Go ahead. So this guy, uh, uh, Chris, I'm not going to talk about Bob Colicello and those cats at Interview Magazine. I've already written about that. Talk about this guy, Christopher Hyland. Uh, Christopher Hyland comes in and he says, hey, are you a model? Well, in actual fact, I was doing modeling. Textbooks. You know, it wasn't like they were asking me to put on suits because when I was 16, I looked like I was about 14. And he was like, well, you know, I'm friends with Colicello. These guys are interview. I'm working here. But da -da. I got a radio show at the time. I think now he does high-end interior design. Because can I call you at home? Hey, you call me at home. Guy calls me at home. He's talking about, you know, headshots. I got a headshot. You know, you got there. You have an agent. Don't have an agent. You know, doing it myself. Have a friend who's there. But, and he's like, you know, do you, do you, do you hustle? Hustle, I go down. I, I'm teaching hustle up at the at New York, New York, the disco. You know, go, no, no, not the dance. You know, you, you mean work hard? <laughs> work hard. Well, yeah, you know, uh, no, I mean, do you hustle? like? Okay, how about this? Bob and Andy want to have a, like a private party. You know, they want some bodybuilder types to show up, and uh, you know, posing session. That, that sounds all right. Yeah, but nobody else shows up but you. 
Yeah, okay. And them. Okay. And uh, man, it's not like a bodybuilding contest where you'd actually be wearing wearing bodybuilding trunks. You'd actually be doing it naked. I was like, hey, uh, 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 how much money are we talking? <laughs> and the guy goes, ah, you know, whatever, $500? I go, hey, okay, whatever, bro, 500 bucks. <laughs> 500 bucks. And then the guy could see that I wasn't getting it, but I was getting it. It's like, you want something, bro, say it. And finally, the guy just came out and said, listen, listen, you know, you're a big muscle guy, you know? A few, a few, we could be a few minutes from here right now. I just happened to see this cat again on the streets. I was walking down. We could be a few minutes here from now, right now, and you, you tell, I will give you five hundred dollars if you for you to drip hot wax on my body. Now you're sixteen in nineteen seventy-eight. It's a lot of money, right? Yeah, he knew what the job was when he took it, and the and and the only. A couple of weird things happened. The guy goes, yeah, you know, I think I can take it, you know, and he, he goes like this. So, and I look at his arm and I was like, hmm, his arm's kind of big, man. If things go south on this thing, it's going to be a fight to the fight to the death. And then Lash said, no, 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 I don't need the money that bad, man. And, uh, and so I left, but I looked up and we were actually, we were actually half a block from where he lived. So why would it take time? He goes, we could be, you know, in an hour, we could be some, we could be at my place. Oh, 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 shit. We could be at your place. Your place was not an hour away, bro. Your place was five minutes away. An hour away for you to call some cats and hide them in the closet or to get some fucking roofies? Nah, bro. It's never an even playing field. But, you know, the thing is, Pascal's wager, once that guy goes through that door, he, he is somehow tacitly consenting to some sort of uh, arrangement. Nobody held a gun up to Christopher Williams. <laughs> Nobody held a gun up to Christopher Williams and said, you must fillet Sean Puffy Combs. Nobody said that. <laughs> yes, said, yeah, uh, it's in the title of the show. Nobody said that. So everybody was making a decision that best served their purposes. P. Diddy wanted to have man sex, wanted to publicly be known as man sex. Part of his man sex thing was the raw exercise of power. So he sets up this, this game. Hey, tell you what, yeah, you want your record out of it, it? And then he asks a lawyer to come up, and a lawyer comes up and witnesses it. Christopher Williams does it. I don't think it was probably his first one. Maybe he had several. Who cares? Marlon Brando slept with Richard Pryor. Uh, 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 Pryor. Who cares? Marvin Gaye slept with Marlon Brando. Who cares? Somebody on the, in the comments last week said, hey, do you think Israel Adesanya is bisexual? Who gives a fuck about what Israel Adesanya does with his penis? I can't be bothered to care. So whether the woman who's advancing the story now is advancing it along the lines of, oh, look, he's a dirty homosexual, or, oh, he's a Harvey Weinstein, Russell Simmons uh, 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 type abuser, you know, I, 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 I'm not buying any of it. I'm not buying any of it. You knew what the job was when you took it. I mean, the thing is, 
you know, I keep all these closeted cats, right? And and I, I you know, it fits in with my with my with my with my whole kind of idea that I just want somebody who gets busted at one point to say, "So what? So you got me?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You got me. So what? Yeah. And, and I mean, that's the glory of the show. And this is where I've gotten I've gotten in trouble on the show, like the Cabaret Voltaire record. I, which was quoting uh, Dr. Gene Scott, I am the last truly free voice in America. I'm not bullshitting you. But you got to pay attention to the language. It's like when my kids were little and they said, Dad, have you ever taken drugs? So I don't want to bullshit my kids. Really don't want to bullshit my kids. Answer truthfully. But carefully. So at that point, my kids knew, you know what, I, I'm only going to ask my dad stuff that I really want an answer to. Like at one point, one of them was trying to go, I want to go camping with so-and-so. You know, we're not going to have sex, dad. And I said, hey, whoa, whoa, hey, hey. I didn't ask you about any of that. You're 18 years old. I didn't ask you about that. He said, well, oh, you're a little nervous. I go, oh, oh, oh. you want to hear about my sex life? Oh, no. Okay, good. Private life. People have private lives. I understand. Adults do adult things. It's fine. 11 shooting. What? <laughs> so, so P, so this whole P. Diddy story is, is, is a big nothing burger. As this, the, the guy, the, one in the com, like the commenter asking me about Israel and Saya. You know, there's, there was one of these cats who's an MMA guy who, uh, who actually has gone out, has written a book talking about his bisexuality. And then Donald Cerrone felt it necessary, who was friendly with the guy, felt it necessary to walk across the room and, and, and go on like Joe Rogan's show and call the guy a, guy a faggot. He called the guy a faggot. I mean, when was the last time you used that? Uh, uh, what is the last time you used that word seriously? Like, seriously? Are you kidding me? You had to, your sense of yourself is so flimsy that you had to actually so, go on to a show and say, just because I hang around a guy who likes to have sex with men doesn't mean that I have let give us a fuck. Give us a fuck. Every single phone of my friends who's been gay has come out to me. There's been this kind of, you know, this is, um, of course, it hasn't happened in a long time. I got people talking about a guy I knew in 1976, 77. I was like, I don't care. I, I don't care. I was good friends with this cat in high school, and I'm not going to give his full name because, you know, I don't know that uh, he would appreciate it. But, um, and my mother was like, you, you spent a lot of time with him. I go, yeah, yeah. Robert's a great guy. She goes, I, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't think, uh, I don't I don't think that he likes girls. I go, probably not. Got nothing to do with me. Nothing to do with me. So, um, and in actual fact, you know, I, I have found a lot of guys, you know, I mean, you can't, come on, you can't honestly... Yeah, it it's just it's just lame. This homophobia is just lame. You get on. I mean, that's one of the best things about jujitsu. Jiu if you got weirdness about that, you, you got to get over it. I talk about that. Um, I, I can't. Yeah, don't no, don't don't buy that, Mister Shore. Don't buy that, Roy DeMeo. <laughs> Roy DeMeo. Uh, 
with the Glimmer Twins out there in East New York, you know, Flatbush, the Murder Machine. They hate one of the reasons they hated him wasn't because Roy DeMeo was gay. Yeah, yeah, openly not. Nah, nah, you're right about that. They didn't hate Roy DeMeo because Roy, one of Roy DeMeo's, uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, his uh, his uh, portfolios was child pornography, and that's why they fucking hated him. Roy had a good crew. I wrote about one. I've, I've been writing about them since I went to uh, 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 their club. <laughs> I put a picture up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm glad he's gone. So anyway, so 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 this was the segue was from P Diddy to Israel and and Chris Weidman. No, nah, no, nah, it was it was off of Flatbush Avenue. Like if you take Flatbush right down, like you're going to King's Plaza, and um, like so. Let's see. So you're down maybe about a mile a mile from Erasmus. If you keep going toward toward uh, King's Plaza down Flatbush Avenue. And for, sorry for people who are not from Brooklyn. I would, Dan Shaw and I are talking about location. I have the address around here somewhere. So, uh, uh, so anyway, so um, so the Israel Messiah Chris Weidman thing. Now everybody is like, I'm getting, <laughs> I'm getting all the memes. I'm getting the mist. I'm getting the. Which I love, I love, I love those those mist memes. And I even it's rare for me to do this. I even tweeted back at, at, at Mr. Weidman and said, "Man, I'll bring the axe. I'll bring the wood." And, you know, um, and we can, you know, we'll just, uh, you know, you know, we can chop it up, my friend. Um, but, 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 um, <laughs> yeah, okay. So, 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 uh, Weidman, let's entertain for a second that he's right. Yeah, I'm going to get the Costa too. I got some people coming over at six fifteen, so I got a jam. But uh, we can go at least that long. So, um, so let's entertain for a second that Weidman is right, or, or better yet, let's pull back and say something else. Let's, uh, we'll, we'll answer a question with a query. What the fuck else is he supposed to say? He barely eked out that last win. Barely eked it out. What is he supposed to say? Because he's discovering, you know, uh, full-on chimp chill out the Hollywood fade. That phone is not ringing that much. That phone is not ringing that much when you barely get by some guy in a fight. That, that when nobody, when everybody sees the mist and hears the wood, you don't, it's lost battalion. It's hard to get heard in the lost battalion. But let's entertain the fact that maybe there's a possibility that he doesn't desire to be anywhere else. You know one way to get out of the Lost Battalion? Stop fighting. Stop fighting. You stop fighting, you're out of the Lost Battalion. Huh? So, so if you if you are not if you if you just decide, you know what? OSB or the sports beckon, I'm out. You're no longer Lost Battalion. Because you've acknowledged where it is that you are. You are never to be found in the climbs of MMA again. Now, if you're going to stay, it's all part of, you know, and you keep in mind, Kobe Crappington 
had to had to do all kinds of stuff to get people to start finally listening to him. Look at his record and think about when you finally came to know about who he was. Weidman is like, I remember Bobby South, Southworth, an AKA guy, and before he kind of quit, said, screw this and moved to Houston. I think he's in Houston now or somewhere in Texas. Because you know what fame is? When everybody knows your name, but you got no money in the bank. We all know Chris Weidman, but you know what happened at the Chris Weidman household? Last month, bills. You know what will happen next month? Bills. When was the last time that Mr. Chris Weidman worked? That When was that last fight? Was it September? But you know what he's got looking at in November? Bills. What else is he supposed to do? Think about that for a second. He can't credibly challenge anybody in the top, in the, in the top three without getting laughed at out of the room. So the question, the question with Chris Weidman is always, and this is my, my preoccupation throughout life, is he a cynical opportunist or is he a true believer? And I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do something revolutionary here. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that I believe, and, and clearly if you haven't been able to figure it out, uh, in my heart of hearts, I prefer the cynical opportunist over the true believer because the cynical opportunist comes with awareness and a self-awareness. And I could be wrong, but I'm going to say that Weidman, uh, yeah, I'm going to say that Weidman is a cynical opportunist. Specifically, he knows exactly where he is. And yet, he still manages to be the gallbladder general of the Lost Battalion because I'm not sure. I mean, he's weaving in and out of self-belief, fantasy projection. Self-belief, fantasy projection. I don't know. I'm confused. I start to consider it, and I get misty. Keep in mind, he's got to keep this thing going as long as possible. He could, that's the thing. Sometimes I think he's a true believer. Sometimes I think he's a cynical opportunist. But it doesn't matter because October's bills still need to be paid. So compelling matchups. And keep in mind, that Israel, he, he may not slow Israel's flow, but that's a big money fight for him. And if he loses to a, a rocket, you know, a, a rocketing uh, champion uh, with a belt and a bullet to the top, Eh, people was like, eh, they expected it. And if he wins, there's a big difference now. The difference is he is where Anderson Silver was when he was where Israel Adensaya is, if that makes any sense. Uh, you know, Israel, for his part... And I don't know, it was buried. Now, I don't know why it was buried, but he had a doctor look at at his, his, his right nipple. Now, keep in mind, I had a friend who um, was an orthopedic surgeon, and the first time he operated on somebody who had a torn pec, he goes, you know what that's like, Eugene? That's like if you could imagine trying to sew together a rotten watermelon. Jesus Christ, I wish you hadn't put that image in my head. 
I wish, I wish. Oh, dude, man. <laughs> anyway, I wish, I, I, I wish he hadn't put that image in my head, but God forbid you should see somebody get, get a peck tear. God forbid you should see something like that. God forbid you should, it should happen to you. You know, God forbid it should happen to you. So there's a possibility. I mean, keep in mind, it wasn't so much that Israel Anansaya's nipples were puffy, but that fluid had collected in the chest. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's terrible. It's terrible, terrible, terrible. It pulls up, and I got to tell you, it doesn't. It doesn't drain completely. But you. So so again, I'm calling bullshit on Israel Adesanya as a gyno because the left one's okay. I say he suffered some sort of micro tear, and the fluid is collected because the nipple itself is not puffy, but there's fluid behind it. And he, the, the, and so the rumors got to him that people were talking about, and he was like, "Are you out of your minds?" But then he cared enough to actually go get a doctor to do an, a, a a mammogram, an MRI on it to see what the hell it is. You have it removed. In fact, anybody now who has gyno surgery to remove the gyno, I'm thinking they're doing it to to, to mask their continued use of steroids. But whatever, that that that's neither here nor there. So this is a good, this is a smart, this is a smart move for Weidman. At the very least, Weidman got a bunch of, bunch of uh, 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 press and uh, 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 Twitter, uh, uh, what the hell do you call it, trends, trending, just by opening his mouth. He, he did what you most need a competitor to do. Like I've said before, you step into that cage, the most important person to you is that person on the other side. And Israel, for his part, is like, "Hey, I got, five, I, I, I got, I can troll five of you guys at once." It makes everybody. Why? Why? Like they used to have a Navy joke. They would say, say about some guy. He improved the stand, like a, a guy who who quit and went like oh, he quit the Navy to go to the Marines. He improved the standards of both organizations. Sorry, Mister P. It's just what Jim Coglin, Navy guy, told me. The joke. Weidman has improved the standards of both organizations. And, and keep in mind, you know, you can't always keep going to Maddie Sarah. Maddie Sarah's got a great post-fight career going, apparently. Can't keep asking him to intervene with the boss. You gotta, you gotta make it, you gotta, you gotta make, make it, this is, what's that expression about? Uh, uh, hey, while the, the sun shines. Yeah, I interviewed Dan Hardy. Uh, um, he, on Knuckle Up, so he's a friend of Knuckle Up, and I enjoy him quite a bit, actually. And the town he's from, I, I spent a, a bunch of time there as well, uh, um, in in the UK. I've been disappointed with him recently. I didn't like like um, I, I was disappointed. I was disappointed with him recently because I didn't like him. I I I was okay. I I was okay with. I was okay with the celebration. I was okay with with the fake humping. I was okay with that. 
I was okay with that. Um, because you know, because <laughs> um, it was. I remember when I interviewed Allen Ginsberg, and again back to homosexuality, and and he was giving me a, a terrible time in the interview, and he uh, just that morning I happened to read the New York Times that James Dickey, who had written Deliverance, called Allen Ginsberg a garbage man. So that to straighten his shit up during the interview, I go. Hey, man, James Dickey called you a garbage man today in the New York Times. Do you have any idea why he would do something like that? Uh, uh, yeah, exactly. Me too. Me too. You, like, Noel Coward and uh, Jack Jones had a thing going, and he was like, you want some You want some dick? Crawl across here and get it. And, of course, you know, Noel Coward in his later days, he crawled. Yeah, Ginsburg and the whole Nambla thing is Nambla. That was kind of weird. So he was like, it really got the interview going for me because at that point now it, it was like I struck a blow that he had never, that he had never come back from. And, and he, he got earnest and he kept saying, why would Dickie say that? So I don't know. I'm, that's why I'm asking you. He goes, well, and at the end of the interview, he finally says, well, that's because to, to Dickie, you know, anal sex between men is a shameful thing. You could tell from his writing and I don't write like that. I don't think that I don't believe. But of course, I, who knows? I don't know why Dickie said that. But as luck would have it, he did say that that day. Save my interview. So, you know, people who like Dan Hardy getting all incensed that, that he, he fake humped him. And it was like, you know, if he didn't, if he didn't fake ejaculate on his corner, <laughs> you might not have gotten the humping. He could have just been getting up slowly. And then, yeah, well, maybe you can't really miss it. But who cares? Again, who cares? So Dan Hardy kind of irked me when he was like, I thought it was shameful. Really? More or less shameful than punching somebody in the face for 25 minutes. Yeah, exactly. 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 Yeah, Costa, you know, Costa. And of course, Costa is doing something because Costa, <laughs> yeah, I'll put it I, I, well, for me, you can get lose from uh, 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 sportsmanship or some stuff like that. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like when I won some jujitsu competitions, I turned around, see Sarau in the stands, and the first thing I did was like, yeah. And they were like, Ugh. and I was like, uh oh, maybe I can't do that. You can't actually do that. I was like, ah. Usually I turn to see him in the stands, and he's going like this. And you're a coach. <laughs> so, 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 so um, everybody's making moves. That are, that, are, that are smart moves, right? Everybody's making moves that were smart moves. Now, Costa, what is he supposed to do? Oh, he's going to tear the data. Costa, man, this, he, I think that there's one of the reasons motivated Chris Wyden was like, oh, no, 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 no. There's no leadership struggle in the Lost Battalion. Not now. Not now. I'm going to ragdoll Israel. I'm going to get that belt. Who at Sarah Longo really believes that? He's got a puncher's chance, and that's and that's worth something. Yeah, no, no, there's yeah, Costa. Uh, um, he he's saying he's saying he's saying that he had what that he that there was some undiagnosed, undisclosed problem. I'm not nobody's buying it. Nobody's buying that. 
So, um, so uh, you know, Custer, if, if, if the smart move for him, keep your mouth shut like Clint Eastwood in, in, in any of these movies where he gets brutalized and crawls under a house to recuperate, I think for a few dollars more or for a fistful of dollars, one of those, go do that. Go do that. Go do that. Yeah, you, yeah, you could, you could be, but you could talk crazy. But stop by Wednesday. You can't keep with this stuff. Stop. In fact, you know what would be sensible as a fight fan, MMA fantasy league. I would have Costa fight uh, a, a Weidman, but that doesn't help anybody. And if you've been watching the John, one of the five, uh, five trolls that uh, trollings. That, that Israel is talking about. One of them is Johnny Boney Joni. If you don't think that's going to be a monster fight, you're crazy. Even though I got to go with Din Thomas, I don't, you know, these guys don't have to do, I don't need so much of the, I, I, I don't need so much of the the, the, uh, the rebop from them between between and betwixt each other. But that's a fight. That's a, if you could think, if you could tell me of a, of a fight that has you more excited, than Johnny Boney Joni and Israel Adesanya. Because listen, the only re- one of the we know some the day will come. I mean, you know, he it's like e- e- Emmett M. Smith, right? Is that the football player's name? Emmett Smith. Emmett Smith. The, the, it wasn't so much that what he did that was amazing, even though what he did was amazing. What was amazing is that he did it as long as he as he could. Right now, Johnny Boney Joni is is on on. We are watching with an expectation that he will eventually either retire undefeated or or be defeated. And and I think most of us want to be there. We figure both of those were going to be there. Uh, this is going to be earth shattering. I have seen his, his loss in my head. It's like I, I've seen it over and over again, played over and over again in my head. Knocked out. I've seen it. I don't, but I don't know. It's like one of those deja vu. I, I have no idea who the other person is on the other side. But it's possible where wait, it, could, it could happen. What I would desire is that, you know, the beast slouching toward Jerusalem, that it is a fantastic talent that's introduced into the field. And not because, like Anderson Silver, he just got old. Sorry to take that away from you, Chris Weidman, but uh, you know, fight game is his game of inches. And could you have beat him, Anderson Silva, five years earlier? I think maybe. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I think, yeah, yeah. That QAnon thing at the Jackson camp. I was watching them with Holly, and that's something else that some of you were were get were getting uh, um, that where you were like. Saying, hey, um, what do you think about Holly on EPO? What do you think about that? And, 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 and I said I would talk about it on the show. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and I am. Yeah. <laughs> so EPO, I knew a guy, we used to call him Rapping Dan. And it, it should, before we get too very far with the story, he's dead now. He died at the age of 19 or 20. And what he was doing was home blood doping. And he was taking syringes of his own blood and pulling them out and storing them in the refrigerator in his room. He had wealthy parents and lived here on Los Altos Hills. 
And then he was re-injecting the blood into his body. And he died from congestive heart failure at 19. Um, and we called him Rappin' Dan because toward the end of his life, the steroids clearly unseated him. And he was no longer really sane. And he, uh, um, he, he, would not, he would not talk. He would talk. Psych, psychologists call it clanging. C-L-A-N-G-I-N-G. Where you where you um, rhyme all your words, like when I, I noticed that when I was dealing with Charles Manson, he would say, "Oh man, you come from Stanford? Oh yeah, that's a cryptic wingtip trip, man. Cryptic wingtip trip. Subtraction, fraction, action, bro. So rapping Dan was doing this stuff, and he died. So he was doing home blood doping, is what he was doing. Yeah, 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 and." Um, but man, I wouldn't say you. Yeah, 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 Seth, you asked me if I dealt with Manson. What? Yeah. <laughs> well, come on, you haven't heard that story. I got that thing around here too. Anyway, um, anyway. So EPO is the thing that yeah, something. Bicyclists take it. It allows your red blood cells to pick up and carry oxygen much, much more efficiently. Well, if you follow Holly Holm on Instagram, which I don't believe I do, but Steph said I should, and I, and I went and, and looked, and she um, is a bear for cardio, and she's training at altitude in New Mexico. And she's about to be 39, so she's got the, the footsteps paranoia. So it doesn't take, and she's fought five round fights before. It doesn't take much to have that, that level of, if she were a man, yeah, maybe I might suspect steroids, but I don't, say, I don't think EPO. It's for endurance athletes, and, you know, who knows? She, she might. But, but, yeah, and that's what, that's what Steph said about the boxing, and she's, you know, walked in there first time when she was 16. And, but, uh, so I don't think EPO. So I'm going to shit on the EPO thing. But in the post-fight interview, she's standing there, not in the cage, when she's at the desk with the dudes so that are talking. And I'm a big Holly Holm fan. But if I had to say something, if I had to say something, I, you know, I, I have no zero proof of this. If I had to say something, I'm feeling growth hormone. That's it. That's it. I have no proof. I have no proof. I have no proof. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. I got a buddy who's got now heart problems as a result of an 11-month cycle. Who does that 11-month cycle? <laughs> no, nah, I'm just, I got, I got, <laughs> what do you think, five rounds at top speed is moving up? Well, you know, um, the only reason I can imagine that growth hormone would be useful would be to, to, for weight issues. But I'm, but I just, I was looking at her body and I, I that's the only, but in, in the jaw and that bad, you know, whatever, I'm not. I think I think that's what's driving her. Um, HGH. I mean, you look at the hands and the, 
for me with HGH, I start to look at the hands, the feet, and, and the jawline, and something sometimes the brow. And she I mean, she looks okay. Yeah, I don't know, I don't know. But see, now that's the thing. Once you get into this kind of TCA, the chemical advantage paranoia, you uh, you see everything everywhere. And you know, you know, <laughs> you know, it's like high school. You know, when a high school kid takes a sip of beer, <laughs> ah, I'm so drunk. You know, it's like you you start to model this behavior. And I, you know, I, I could tell guys are taking steroids right away because they would model behavior like. You know, I want people to know. If somebody really doesn't want you to know, instead of just act normal. It's like the time I got pulled over by the cops driving my my 1965 Ford Econoline van with I just a whole bunch of illegal stuff in it. And he sees my Marine sticker on the back. And he goes, uh, were you in the service? And I go, yes, sir, I was. He goes, oh, my brother was a Marine. He, I go, God love him. And the guy goes, well, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll let you go tonight. I go, thank you, sir. And drove off. Woo! Hunter S. Thompson style. Wow! I got through that. <laughs> so, you know, who knows? You know, if, you, if you're if you not 16 or 17, you just, you know, man, just, you know, yeah, there's no no personality indicators. that you, so Who can tell? But going back to the, the true believer uh, uh, uh uh, cynical opportunist uh, uh, dichotomy. I start to think about the bald one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, man. I, yeah. <laughs> hey, man. Hey, I didn't say I was a war hero. I just said I was in the Marines. <laughs> Whatever. I had a Marine sticker on the van, right? I didn't expect that it would ever come in handy like that, but it, it certainly did. You know, um, <laughs> I, I was like in a Chuck Berry thing. I was been it was in violation of the Man Act. The one generally, I've always liked older women, but the, the, the one time that it, I don't know, the girl was like eight, she was eighteen. I mean, I was younger then. I was like twenty five, but still, you know, I maybe, maybe, you know, yeah, she seems cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing at Joe's comment. Yeah, I was at Iwo Jima, man. Me and me and Aaron Burr. What? I don't know. Huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just a habit, man. You know. I mean, these guys stop you. you. You gotta lie. But so I start to think about the Baldwin, true believer, cynical opportunist, and I go, Whoa. and I know I've been doing a lot of shows, sympathy for the devil type shows, but I go. Oh God! Oh God! What? A, hold on! Hold on a second! Hold on a second! What if the bald one is a cynical opportunist? What if? What if? I mean, it, it goes with the territory. You look at a Bob Arum. You look at a Don King. Are they really that much different? They play the game more poorly. Some people are outraged about about you know the, the whole MAGA connection to uh, uh, to to uh, 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 to the Baldwin. In Don King, Don King gets a pass. Don King is tight with Trump and has murdered people, kicked them to death. <laughs> Uh, 
Yes, Bob Arum. But would Bob Arum do any differently? This is we we're expecting. I mean, what are we expecting? What are we expecting? What are we expecting? True believer, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> there are no true believers in the foxhole, buddy. Cynical opportunist. You know, just like we open up the show, this is a callback with me trying to license the stigmata record for thousands of dollars to this neo-Nazi white supremacist in Germany because I'm going to sell them their revolution. The bald one is making deals. It's like, give a shit. I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit. You know, I, I would not be surprised to even discover that he's not even going to vote. Here I am. Here I'm the bald one. Yeah, man. No Ali act. And I, I meant to get a hold of uh, 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 Nathan Quarry, who is now the MMA's version of Cal Schalak, you know. Yeah, I know, man. I know. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I these guys. I mean, that's why this this Proud Boy stuff. This is like no. It's just a redux of Skins versus Punks in 1982. Come on, man, you guys, stop it! And this was just a redux of Construction Workers versus Hippies 1968. And you guys are still broke. It's a class war, and you're still broke because you're going for the easy optics. In other words, to believe that true that the Baldwin was a true believer, you have to tell me what you think it is he believes in. Yeah, mods and rockers. It goes back even further. What is what what is, you know? Um, what is, what does he believe in? Come on, don't anything that you sausage on plates. That's the name of the game. That's it. So he's a true believer in the sausages on plates, but a cynical opportunist about everything else that's not a direct catalyst for more sausages on plates. Yeah, I mean, that's that. So I so I start to think, you know, instead of this idea that everything is going wrong. How about this idea that everything is actually going exactly right? Right, exactly. exactly. So fucking repulsive and so fucking impressive all at the same time. It's really amazing. And, and keep in mind, man, keep in mind, in a lot of ways, in a lot of ways, it's more, it's more impressive than, than the Donald. Who had a who's always been a rich kid and had a bunch of money given to him. Cardio kickboxing and the basement of a Y in Southie and getting threatened by Kevin Weeks is how the bald one started out. I mean, it, it, it's uh, you know, so it, you know, so this raw exercise of, of, of power is it is it like Walter White in Breaking Bad? Oh, we're in the meth business. I thought we're in the meth business. We're in the drug business. We're in the drug business. The money business is not none of those. 
None of those. We're in the power business. And power to what end? I mean, keep in mind, the reason why, one of the reasons why it's impressive, I, 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 I dare you. I, I dare you. I dare you to try to say that any of you in the same position would still be there. I would have cashed out with the Fertitas. I would have cashed out. I would have gotten my billions and I would have walked and got my $36 million beach house and I'd be sitting on some in the Maldives right now with a banjo. My wife and my kids around me. Money equals power, money. But the thing is, it's always confusing to me. It's like somebody saying to me, I got a really huge gun. You should see this gun I have. It's fucking so fucking huge. You should see the gun that I have. It's unbelievably huge. Oh, you got bullets for it? What? Bullets? Yeah, 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 yeah. I got bullets. Okay, so what are you, you going to shoot at it? I, hmm. What are you hunting bear? You hunting elephant? To what end? To what end? I mean, when I look at established families, when I look at you know, like the uh, what's his face is the uh, what the, the 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 bushes. I understand something about legacy. Even Peter Thiel has not managed to figure out how to, to extend the length of his life. He's not managed to do that. But that could be that could hate, hate the players. Got the it could be just maybe we're giving him too much credit. He just has no. He's got no second chance. He doesn't know no idea. It could be. Oh, here. Hey, hey, you guys, you want to see the baby? Here. Hold on. She's sleepy. <laughs> Look at that. That's the baby. This is a show stomper baby. <laughs> All right. So she exists for real. So, yeah, maybe it's just a lack of imagination. She, it's a she. Maybe they got the lack of imagination. Um, but uh, I don't know. I didn't entertain that as a possibility, but because because nobody's been able to answer it for me at all. Like I like, what does Don King like to do? What's Bob? What is something's burning? Something's burning wood. Uh, what does Don King like to do? What do these guys, what do they like to do? Maybe that's what they like to do. Just got another Scrooge McDuck. Got another sausage on the plate. Got another. I mean, come on. None of us would have stayed there. I'd have been in the Maldives. You'd be, you wouldn't have stayed. 1% of us probably would have stayed. Incidentally, if you read Lieutenant David Grossman's book on killing, this is the same percentage of people who actually, <laughs> you should read it. He's, his premise is completely screwed up about how killing is unnatural for humans. I, li I, li I like Grossman, but he's wrong about that. He says, look, you know, predators, you know, tigers don't try to kill each other. They fight. <gasps> they don't fight to death. Rattlesnakes, they wrestle. They don't wrestle. The <clears throat> humans are not meant to kill each other. I was like, hmm, I don't know where you've been, bro. <clears throat> you're, you're, you're a lieutenant? Okay. Yeah, I'm choking. Uh, uh, smoke. So anyway, so here, here we, we come full circle. I mean, maybe it's just baubles. 
<clears throat> Maybe it's just baubles, you know? Maybe it's just baubles. Like, you know, P. Diddy wakes up and says, what am I going to do today? I don't know. I think I'll have Christopher Williams suck my dick. Yeah, yeah, Grossman, yeah. Maybe I'll just have him suck my dick. I don't know. That's a bauble. Look at this shiny thing I got. Maybe I'll uh, build a fight island. Maybe I don't know. I mean, this is the thing. This is the enduring Mayweather mystery. <clears throat> How many hip-hop records are you going to make? I mean, most of us, most of us, yeah, we'll get to that in a second, and then i got to wind it up. Most of us, you know, um, uh, most of us, you know, what, what fills our day is how we're going to deal with tomorrow, right? That's what kind of fills our day. Huh? Oh, man, I got this bill here, and I got the, but, yeah, but once you, once you get to the, well, come on. Once you get into that P. Diddy place where you could just baubles and that raw exercise of power, but still it doesn't seem to be an end. Legacy is an end, like in The Lion and the Godfather. Man, who spent time with his family is nothing. Tending your legacy. The people that will carry your story to future generations. That's admirable. Don't know. But in the end, if it's all about getting a blowjob from Christopher Williams, I guess I'm done. I guess I done. Oh, hey, hey, you know what? I think I think that uh, I think that. I mean, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna hit you up for child abuse. Yeah, there we go. Uh huh. So, um, so I mean, I, ah, it, it mystifies me. It mystifies me. And then I start to think, Kibono. I start to think, sorry about the phlegm. I had some cheese earlier. I start to think, it, it behooves everybody for us to believe billions of dollars are banked each day. Uh, hold on. Hey, Kasha. Oh, oh, yeah, she sees him. Okay. Uh, okay. Um, billions of dollars are spent. Billions of dollars are spent getting us to respond to the to a belief that everything is fucked up. No, 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 no. Oxbow's bass player just rode up on his bike, and he wanted to see the baby, so he wants to social distance on the other side of the fence. That's why I was trying to get the show uh, uh, show done, but whatever. He, he He's two minutes late, and I'm late. Everybody's late. He's not here to see me. He's here to see the baby. So anyway, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Well, no. Don King killed the people in in pursuance of of some kind of money thing early on, right? I mean that that that, that was sausages, sausages, sausages. So you know, I I I I don't know what to say, but let, yeah, I would be remiss. And not talking about Jermaine's, uh, uh, um, I would be remiss in not talking about Jermaine's uh, guillotine win over Juliana Pena. And I would be equally remiss if I didn't take full fucking credit for it. Yeah, she's a team Sorrell, Sorrell Academy team, uh, known associate, a known associate. 
and she has trained with us and rolled with us. Uh, I refused to, um, I, I refused to, um, I refused to stand up with her after I saw her put uh, uh, Sorrel down. I refuse. I'm, I'm not getting punched in the face. She reminds me. She reminds me of my my uh, my cousin Debbie. They look alike too. But it was if, if if I would be lying if I said I wasn't dancing around the room, happy with glee. It sets up. It's a really. It's a. It was a really joyous win because it sets up the return match between Jermaine and Holly, and that's the fight that both of them should make and have. Yeah, bro. <laughs> yeah, bro. Definitely badass. Definitely badass. <laughs> uh, so I rolled with her, because that was great. I, 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 I could beat a blue belt. <laughs> um, and the thing is, you know, the best part about it is that Pena didn't see it coming. Because nobody's gotten used to this idea of thinking about Jermaine as having ground stuff. But clearly, we were talking on the Care Don't Care preview today about uh, uh, Jermaine Sterling. And the reality of it is, yeah, she's yeah, she's still an active guy. The, the, the reality of it is that uh, Steph said it best. She goes, Jermaine goes back and it comes back each time a different person, a better person. Some people have the equitable thing going. Some people don't. You know, you've seen fighters stay the same year after year. It's like, why didn't you, uh, 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 the woman who Holly home beat? Her coaches after the second round were saying, I want you to go on the one. I want you to go on the one. Why don't you go on the one? Go on the one. Didn't go on the one at all, ever. So, yeah, Jermaine, Jermaine is uh, Jermaine. Is Jermaine. Ah, ah, I was like it for SAT Pride. Jermaine is Jermaine. And still on part of the discussion, so Steph said that she thought that the executive level gatekeepers where Holly Holm is right now, I'm not entirely sure. But yeah, but there's there's a it's a it's a whole cliff climb. It's a whole cliff climb up to um yeah, 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 yeah. They're all they're all waving at me. I'm gonna hold on. You're gonna hear me call uh, the I'm just gonna call Oxbow's guy right now. Cause uh, because my wife will think it, it's disgusting that like uh, that uh, that I haven't like actually done a nice guy thing and gone out there. Uh, let's do this. I, I'll just call him. <laughs> well, you guys will get to listen to this conversation. <laughs> of course, he doesn't have his phone with him. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, he sees it now. Yeah, hey, man, how are you? <laughs> yeah, how do you like that? You're not with, you're not with gypsies, are you? Uh, no. <laughs> okay, all right. How do you like that baby? How do you like that baby? If you're going to be there for four more minutes, I'll come out and say hi. I'm just finishing up the show. Okay, yeah, All right. we can hang out. All right, hold on. Okay, bye-bye.
All right, so I gotta go. <laughs> I don't have to deal with uh, that's oh, how come I didn't get there? Jermaine is Jermaine, but not German. Fucking A. I gotta have you go, sir. That's the thing. If I had a if I had a real show like uh, Joe Hogate Ho Joe game, I'd get writers on it. And where's Joe been? Yeah, except except yeah, Condit. Yeah, but just barely. Yeah, he did. But I'm always I'm always a little worried about when he's old. MMA RRP makes me a little nervous. Anyway, I got Dan Adams outside with his his wonderful wife Star, and uh, I got I, I, I gotta go. I gotta go. Uh, um, I think I answered all the points. Tell the world about the show. And uh, this is Ron, uh, version one three three. This week, I think finally the Starsky piece is happening. If you follow me at Eugene S. Robinson on Twitter, I'll tweet it out. Um, I didn't talk about the debate because, you know, I don't talk about Sesame Street. Right? Isn't that the thing with the two old guys in the balcony screaming at each other? Um, so I don't have to talk about that. Um, but I think the Starsky piece has comes this week. My friend George Salmonara did the piece on Herman Cain, which I tweeted out, which you should read. A nice remembrance about Herman Cain. And um, I did my piece on busybodyism. And then a... Um, this week, Starsky, and then who else knows? I don't know. The sex column always comes on Monday. Monday at noon, Care Don't Care comes up because we got Corey Sanhagen and Moraes coming up. And then on Tuesday night, we got If the Shoes Fit, and followed by the Hip Hop Evolution thing, which you got to pay the extra dollar for. Uh, Melvin's I wrote about on the back cover of the last copy of Decibel. And then my personal Me Too moment I wrote about for the next uh, 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 issue of Decibel. Not one where I was a victim but when, when I was a possible perpetrator, tell you, I'm the last truly free voice in America. I don't fucking bullshit. Decibel Magazine next month. Um, yeah, man, 100 mil. He's learned that the hard way. Anyway, thanks for listening. Uh, 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 hope you live until next week, inshallah. And, and, uh, and uh, look what you made me do! <laughs> Bono. I like how you call him Bongo. Bye-bye.